The following is a message from the pulpit of Parkside Baptist Church in Mesquite, Texas, led by Pastor Mike Wells. Part of the service tonight and uh, be able to hear them sing and learn from the preaching. Take your Bible, please, and go back to the book of John, the book of John, chapter 20. Look at verse 24 and 25. The Bible says, But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. And the other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. And he said unto them, Except I see in his hands the print of nails and put my finger into the print of uh, the nails and thrust my hand into his side. I will not believe. Now, can I tell you, if he would have been there uh, in the right place, he would have believed. So I want to speak to you this morning on when a Christian gets out of place. When a Christian gets out of place. Boy, I, I thank the Lord uh, that there was a day when I walked in that Reese's Carnival ground and uh, David Lee and some of the workers there was in the right place. They came up to me, gave me the gospel. Thank God they were in the right place. I thank the Lord that one day when I was climbing in that cherry tree outside of the two-story farmhouse that I lived in as a little boy uh, at the age of seven, I thank the Lord that my grandpa was right there, not too far away, and when I hollered his name, he came and rescued a seven-year-old boy off the shaky limb of a cherry tree. Boy, thank God. He was in the right place. I thank the Lord that uh, when I was in Bible college, I had the privilege to meet my wife. She was there in church that night. I was there in church that night. Our paths did cross, and the, the heart lights begin to blink. And can I tell you, I'm glad she was in the right place. I'm glad. I was in the right place. Uh, I remember uh, when we were, uh, after we got married, we moved to uh, Brooklyn, New York, and uh, one of my younger brothers visited us as we served in Brooklyn, New York, and he visited us just to see what it was like. I think he came really to see the city more than us, but uh, the benefit is he got to stay with us, and he did spend time with us, and my wife had the privilege to be able to show my youngest brother, Joe, uh, how he needed Needed to receive Christ as Savior, and that night on our sofa in Brooklyn, New York, he bowed his heart, and he received Christ as Savior. Can I say, I'm glad we were in the right place. We were traveling through Bern, uh, Indiana every year. I preached for Dr. Combest there at the Faith Baptist Church, and uh, one day, all of a sudden, Jonathan's eyes begin to light up, and he said, Daddy, he said, I don't know what to do. The butterflies are flickering inside of my heart every time I see this girl by the name of Heather, and I said, you tell those bad butterflies to go home, and, uh, and he said, but Daddy, every time I see her, and you know, because we're in evangelism, and we traveled through that Indiana area. God uh, put that together. And can I say, it's because we were in the right place. Uh, when uh, we became pastor here, uh, Joshua uh, took a great interest in Mindy. And uh, can I tell you, it's because we were in uh, the right place. Place. One day, Debbie uh, came through with her parents, was traveling, and Jared came to me, and, uh, and he said, Dad, you know, there was a girl that came through with that family, and uh, I'd be interested in getting to know her, and well, it's because we were in uh, the right place. Uh, can I tell you, it's a wonderful thing to be in the right place. 
when I was in Bible college in Jacksonville, Florida, is where I was in Bible college at one uh, uh, evening. Uh, it was evening time. There's several private beaches around the Jacksonville area, as of course this couple would know and be able to testify. And so me and a friend uh, went out and said, hey, let's go down and let's just watch that sun come down. And, and we were going to uh, do uh, a little bit of football throwing that night. And so uh, I, I looked out there in the water and it looked like there was a man that was drowning. I mean, I couldn't tell now. But this man that was with me, he was an excellent swimmer. I mean, he was just an excellent swimmer. And so I, I, I told my buddy, I said, I, I think there's somebody out there. And he said, no, Mike, he said, that's just a flickering of the sun or something. That can't be. And I said, well, I think if you look at it real hard, you're going to see there's a fella out there. And he looked at it, he dove in the water and saved a man from drowning. Now, can I tell you, I, I'm kind of glad we're in the right place for that fella's sake. I remember us coming back. I was flying into uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and uh, uh, there was a motorcycle, I think two or three cars in front of us, and that motorcycle rider on that uh, motorcycle, for some reason, he was hugging the curb, you know, that uh, metal uh, skirting that goes around curves where people don't go off the curb. Well, he was hugging it, and uh, all of a sudden, we saw him go over the bank, and as he went over the bank, I told Brother uh, Butler, uh, who was driving me from the airport, I said, oh, stop this thing, stop, and so we stopped the vehicle. We got out. We ran back to where he was. We ran down to the bank and there he was and he was in shock. He'd cut his foot off and he was trying to still get up and so I, I, I pressed him down and Brother Butler was able to call 911 and try. I'm so glad and I think he was glad that we were in the right place. I remember Joshua one day out soul winning and uh, this was in Louisiana and as we would always go soul winning as a family together, never will forget it, he was knocking at a door. Person one answer but he heard something in the back and so he stayed at the door and he kept knocking at the door and finally uh, the man uh, put down whatever he was doing later on we found out by the man's testimony that he was in the back bedroom and he had a gun he'd already uh, loaded the gun he had the gun that was shoved up uh, his uh, uh, throat he was getting ready to pull the trigger and somebody knocked at the door and then just kept knocking and it got harder as he knocked and he said so it just bothered me so much I had to lay down what I was doing and go see who in the world is this person irritating me when I'm getting ready to do something important and so uh, he put down the gun he came to the door later on received Christ as Savior and uh, is, is today uh, living as a Christian should well I'm so glad that we were in the right place. Now, can I tell you, uh, you ought to decide all the days of your life that you're going to be in the right place. But what happens? What happens when a Christian gets out of place? What happens when a Christian knows to do good and doesn't do it? What happens when a Christian knows to be in a place and chooses not to be in that place. Let me give you a couple of things to think about. Statement number one, it causes doubt. It causes doubt. Here you see the story of Thomas. Uh, Thomas was not in the place where the other disciples was. And what was the last statement that he said in John chapter 20 and verse uh, 25? He says these four words. He says, I will not believe. Now, why did he not believe? Because he was not in the place uh, where he saw or could have saw the Lord. When you're 
you're out of place, you don't get to see things that you ought to see. When you're not in the right place, you don't get to see uh, maybe the blessings that God would have you to see. Uh, uh, when you're not in the right place, you miss out on things. John chapter 20 and verse 26, the Bible says in verse 26, and after eight days again, the disciples uh, were within and Thomas with them. Uh, then came Jesus, uh, the Bible says, and the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, peace be unto you. So Jesus now appears and Thomas said uh, unto him uh, 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 that uh, he did believe. Why? Because he saw him. He said in verse 28, he said, my Lord and my God. Uh, what's he saying? Well, I believe now because I saw him, but he could have believed earlier if he would have been in the right place. Uh, you know, I, I think sometimes if we're not careful, here's what happens because we're not in the right place at the right time. We begin to doubt things. You ever hear this? Uh, well, you know, this happened at church. Oh, no, that didn't really happen at church. Are you sure that happened at church? Or somebody's out knocking doors. Well, let me tell you a great experience that I had. Oh, no, that didn't happen there. I don't believe that really happened. Has anybody ever doubted you because uh, something unusual happened that God had placed his hand on that? And because of that, they really had to believe it uh, or had to be there in order to believe it. You have the story of Peter uh, over in John chapter 21, verses 2 and 3. The Bible says, and we're together, it says, uh, 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 Simon Peter and Thomas uh, called Didymus. Listen to it now. And Nathanael, it says, of Canaan and Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and two other disciples. Listen to it in verse 3, John 21. The Bible says, and Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. And they say unto him, oh, we go uh, with thee. Now they fished all night and caught nothing, but that's not the point. The point is that here was a person that decided that they were going to go somewhere and because they decided they were going to go somewhere guess what five other people followed them what that's called influence that's called influence uh, you say hey i'm going to go to church what if you as a daddy would get backslidden and you said i'm not going to go to church i'm not going to serve god i'm not going to put christ first you think that would have an influence on your wife what if you as a mom and dad just decided, I tell you what, I'm tired of Christianity, I'm tired of Bible truth, I'm tired of a God that loves me, I just think that I'm going to quit. You think that'd have an influence on your children? What if you as an older child just decided, well, I tell you what, I'm going to become backslidden and I'm not going to do what God wants me to do and I'm not going to be in the place. You think that that would have an influence on your younger siblings? Yeah, you know, it's important to be in the right place. Now, why? Because if you're not in the right place, it causes doubt. Statement number two, it causes denial. Look at the Matthew chapter 26 and verse 36. Here's what the Bible says. Then cometh uh, Jesus unto them. It says, unto the place of Gethsemane, and saith unto his disciples, sit ye here. And of course, this is a time when Jesus, of course, is getting ready to go, and he's going to pray. The Bible says here in verse 40 that he cometh in disciples. He says he findeth them asleep, and saith, he says unto Peter, he says, what could you not watch with me one hour? And so he goes off to pray. He comes back and they're asleep. All right, wait a minute. Uh, in verse 42, same chapter, the Bible says he went again, it says the second time and prayed. In verse uh, 43, it says, and uh, he came and he found them asleep again and their eyes were uh, heavy. In verse 45, the Bible says, then cometh he, it says to his disciples and saith unto them, sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, he says, the hour is at hand when the Son of Man shall be uh, betrayed into the hands of sinners. And so here he says, 
to those uh, that are there. He says, now look, I, I want you to take and I, I, I want you to pray. You say, what's that have to do with denial? Well, don't forget the story doesn't stop there. Don't forget Peter later on denied the Lord. Don't forget Peter later on denied the church. Don't forget Peter later on identified with those that were the enemies of Christ sitting around the campfire when he said, I know not the man. Uh, when the maiden would come and said, uh, your speech betrayeth you. He said, I'm not one of them. Uh, where did it start? It started uh, by the time that uh, that inward praying time, the, the private time, if you will. Oh, nobody backslides out here first. They always backslide in here first. And so when you start backsliding in here, can I tell you, I'm not a prophet, but can I tell you that uh, there's going to be a time when you deny him. If you stand for Christ strong inside of your heart, you'll stand for Christ strong outside of your heart. If you stand for Christ weak inside of your heart and you just decide inside of your heart, I'll deny my time with him. I'll deny my walk with him. I'll deny my prayer life with him. I'll deny my Bible reading time with him. There's going to come a time when you deny him outwardly just as much, if not even more, than you denied him inwardly. Nobody just backslides overnight. Backsliding is a little step, a little step, a little step, a little step. Church used to mean a lot to me. Now it doesn't mean so much. Praying used to mean a lot to me. Now it doesn't mean so much. Being faithful to church, being on time used to mean a lot to me. Now it doesn't mean so much. It's just a little bit of, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care. And when it's that way inside of the heart, eventually shows up out here. So I'm saying, statement number one, it causes doubt when you're not in the right place. Statement number two, it causes denial. Statement number three, it causes damage. Uh, 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 9, here's what the Bible says. The Bible says, arise, it says, and, and get thee uh, unto Zarephath. The Bible says that belongeth uh, to Zidon. The Bible says that dwell there. And it says, for I've commanded a woman. Now, this is not just any woman. Notice the word before that, a widow woman. Not a wealthy woman, but a widow woman there to sustain thee. So here is Elijah. Elijah is being sustained uh, by God by the brook. He's being sustained by God, by uh, the raven, if you will, or the birds that would come and to feed him. He's being sustained. And God said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go down to Zarephath. I want you to go, if you will, please, uh, on to Zidon. And I want you to get down there. And he said, I'm going to take care of you by way of a widow woman. Now, I don't know if he doubted. Why should he doubt? If God took care of him by the brook and God took care of him uh, by the birds, why in the world would he doubt that a widow woman could take care of him? I don't know. But I do know this, that he decided he was not going to go down there. Why? Because it was close to Ahab. It was close to Jezebel. Maybe there was fear because the widow's house was very close to them. And he was a fear that uh, maybe that God was not powerful enough to preserve him uh, near these people that wanted him dead. I'm not really sure, but I know this. He said, no. He said, I'm not going to go. And so because of that, God dried up the brook. Because of that, God dried up the birds coming. So here's what God said. God said, okay, you're telling me no. I'll just force you out. 
You know, it's, it's a very dangerous thing to say no to God. When God tells you to do something, you ought to say, yes, sir, I'll be glad to do it, whatever you want me to do. Well, it just doesn't make sense. God doesn't have to make sense to us. God does not ask for our opinions. God does not ask for us to be able to reason things out. What God wants is people that rise up and say, I'll do what your will is for my life, and God, I trust you. Isn't that called faith? Here's what we see. Uh, when a person is out of place, it causes doubt. When a person's out of place, it causes denial. When a person is out of place, it causes a damage. Uh, I wonder mm, how many other people uh, could have been helped if uh, uh, Elijah would have obeyed right away. I, I remember mm, coming up as a teenage boy uh, when I was uh, 18 years of age, and God, God wanted me to go to Bible college. Was that easy? No. Was it difficult? Yes. I never visited the state of Florida where I went to Bible college, never visited there one day in my life. Didn't know anybody there. But I knew that's where God wanted me to go. So I went to Bible college, age 18. Uh, when I left there, um, God sent us to Brooklyn, New York. Uh, and I've been to Brooklyn and Manhattan many days in my life, but I never thought about living there. But God sent us to Brooklyn, New York. Uh, we served on staff there with Dr. John Morgan, International Baptist Church, for years. Now, can I tell you, uh, 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 there was uh, young people that we led to Christ in Jacksonville. There was people that we helped in Jacksonville. But what if I would have said no? Uh, there was people that we led to Christ, e even some young people that we got out of the gangs back in the uh, days of the 80s when we were in Brooklyn, New York, and there was the Crips and the Bloods, and they were notorious gangs, and we had the privilege to lead uh, several of them to Christ and got them in church, and they served God, and uh, some are even on the mission field today. But now, wait a minute. Uh, what if one day in your life you put your foot down and say, no, no, not me, not me. You see, there's a danger that takes place when we decide not to obey God. It causes doubt, causes denial, uh, it causes damage. We left Brooklyn, New York, and we went to Hatt I always share about this. We went to Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Served there for eight years with Dr. Uh, uh, Charles Williams uh, as a youth pastor and assistant pastor. And uh, can I tell you, it was different because everything went slower. I was raised in the Northeast, and I was used to speed and fast. And, and when we went there, it just automatically slowed down. Now, can I tell you, but God allowed us to help boys and girls and teenagers and many people there in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Then we pastored in Tennessee for four years, four and a half years. Then evangelism for 12 years. Now I've been nine years here in Texas. Uh, by the way, if you count that up, that is, uh, this is the seventh place I'm 58 years young, and, but uh, this is the seventh place. Somebody told me the other day, hey, pastor, seven is the place of completion. Right. Amen. Now, can I tell you this? Listen, I'm saying that in every place, we had the privilege to lead people to Christ. Every place, we had the privilege to preach the Bible. Every place, we worked with teenagers. Every place, we worked with young adults. Every place, we worked with family members. Every place, we see God putting his hand upon things and things growing. Uh, can I tell you? But what if one day in our life, I looked at my dear wife and I said, Honey, I believe that God wants us there. And my wife would cross her arms and say, No way. 
Bubba, if you want to go, you go by yourself. Now, I pity the guy that has a wife like that. Thank God I don't. I remember walking in, and, uh, and, and, and my dear wife is a Florida orange and, and sweet as can be. But I remember walking in, and I remember the day I walked into her little country farmhouse in Jacksonville, Florida, and I said, honey, I really believe that God wants us to go to Brooklyn, New York. Here's what she said. This is the only thing she said. She said, are you sure? I said, I am positive. She said, okay, when do you want me to pack? She was, she was all about us being in the right place. Come on. It is important that a person just decide that they're going to be in the right place. What happens when a person's not in the right place? Causes doubt, causes denial, causes damage. Statement number one, uh, it causes delay in God's work. Causes delay in God's work. You know, uh, when a person, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know who's supposed to be sitting in these chairs or not. I had a foggiest idea. But uh, maybe, maybe there needs to be some other people sitting in the orchestra playing musical instruments. I don't know. Here's my question. Church family, are you in the right place? Maybe there needs to be some people that come over and you got a talent for God. You can play the organ. You can play the piano. Here's my question. Are you in the right place? There might be some people that could sit up here in the choir. You can't sing as well as everybody, but you can make a joyful noise. Maybe you ought to join the choir. Here's my question. Are you in the right place? A Sunday school teachers are needed. Are you in the right place? Ushers are needed. I've been praying that God would give us a, a few couples that would just stand out here on Sunday morning, just shake hands with people when they come in, say, welcome to Parkside Baptist Church. It's a great need. Is that the need? Is that the place you ought to be in? We need some people to be parking lot greeters that's out on the parking lot. When people pull up, uh, uh, you greet them and say, welcome to Parkside Baptist Church. Let me walk with you inside and I'll show you where to go. Then hand them off to another person. And then that person could take them to a class. Hey, there's a great need. We have a large complex here. We have adults that come to Sunday school and say, I came to an adult Sunday school class. Brother so-and-so's the teacher. Where is he? They can't find him. So they roam around in the hallway for nine days trying to find the Sunday school class. Well, it's not quite that bad. Uh, well, I'm saying there's needs. Are you in your place? Is there something that you could do to serve God that nobody else could do? It's something about fellowship time in our church. I love it. Uh, um, I don't know, four or five years ago, maybe longer than that, we instituted the handshaking time in our church, you know, uh, and uh, where people on Sunday morning and Sunday night, you get to go around and shake somebody's hand. You know, that's a blessing. Amen. Now, I realize the aisles are a little crowded. I, I realize that. It's okay. And I realize you might have to shake somebody's hand that their deodorant has already wore off. I got it. You know, maybe they didn't brush their teeth as well as you that morning. I know. Maybe they ate garlic and they want to share the smell. I got it. 
But I'm not saying that you've got to stand there and fellowship with them an awful long time. I'm just saying go up and briefly shake their hand. Good to see you. God bless you. Glad you're here. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Wonderful to see you. That makes a difference. I'm saying, are you in your place? You know, uh, it causes doubt when we're not, causes denial when we're not. It causes damage to those involved when we're not. Uh, it causes a delay in God's work. Jonah chapter 1, verse 2, the Bible says, Arise and go to uh, Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, that there is wickedness come up before me. Now, wait a minute. What's taking place? Uh, Jonah said, No, I'm not going to go. He decided to go the opposite direction. Can you imagine? Wonder what happened. Wonder how many people died during those three days that he decided to take a leave of absence. Uh, wonder uh, how many people, if you would please, that uh, uh, could have heard about the truth and could have received Christ as Savior and uh, could have had revival in their own heart, but they did not because he was out of place. Uh, I, I'm saying this, Billy Sunday, I, I love Billy Sunday. The, the two older people I talk about often that I stayed at their home on that farm coming up, I was about six, then I went to live with my parents. They gave me testimony uh, later on, and uh, this was when I was like 16 or 17, they gave me testimony, and it was sort of like a form of witness, I guess, but told what they did. And both of them, in 1919, Myrtle and Lottie Wagner walked the sawdust trail when Billy Sunday came through Baltimore City, Maryland. Uh, one was 12, the other one was 10. They walked the sawdust trail. They shook his hand, received Christ as Savior. Now, now can I tell you, I'm sure they were glad he showed up. I'm sure they were glad that he was in his place. Uh, can I say that when you're in the right place, God uses you. God uses you. Years ago, God spoke to my heart about going uh, to Southeast Asia to help uh, uh, pastors, nationals, to start independent Baptist churches and to train soul winners. I cannot begin to tell you uh, how many people uh, has been saved in totality. It, I'm talking about millions of people through these churches. There was a little bit of influence. What am I saying? I'm saying this. I'm saying there's something about being in the right place. Aren't you glad when your child gets a boo-boo, you're in the right place, they come in and say, Mom, would you please pray? Of course, they say it through tears, you know. Dad, would you pray for my boo-boo? Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad you can be in the right place and have a Christian influence on your children? The right place. What takes place when we're not in the right place causes doubt, causes denial, causes damage, causes Delay. Uh, statement number next, I'm almost done, and that is this. Not only does it cause delay, but it causes destruction of souls. Destruction of souls. And uh, uh, what do I mean, destruction of souls? Well, people die and people perish and people go to hell sometimes when we're not in the right place. Now, I'm not even necessarily talking about you becoming a soul winner. I'm just talking about being in the right place. All of a sudden, preacher says something, and you nod your head, and a lost person is watching you just to see, wonder if he believes what the preacher's saying. Yeah. I, I, I'm talking about just being in the right place of just being you. I'm not talking about becoming a super Christian of some type. I'm talking about just being in, just by, just by the token of the fact that you're in the right place. 
will help the souls of men not to be destroyed. I'm not going to go into you being a stumbling block or anything like that. I'm just saying being in the right place is the emphasis. Because as you're in the right place, can I tell you, uh, there are souls that will be saved. You know, you come into church, somebody watches. And there will be a day when all that will come to naught. There will be a day when you and I are ushered out as Christians. And there's not going to be you as being left behind and being a witness. The Bible talks about Noah, Genesis chapter 6 and verse, uh, Genesis chapter 7 and verse 16. The Bible says, and they went in, it says, male and female of all flesh. And as God commanded him, the Lord shut him in. Genesis chapter uh, uh, 19 and verse 6, the Bible says, and Lot went out of the door onto them and shut the door after him. Many times you'll see there's the shutting of the door. Same chapter, you see the, the men there, the holy men, the angels, if you will, pulled Lot in and shut the door. There's a lot of shutting of the door going on in the Bible. Matthew chapter 28 uh, gives a picture of the foolish and the wise. The Bible says in verse 8, And the foolish said uh, unto the wise, uh, Give us uh, your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered and said, Not so. Uh, lest we have enough uh, for ourselves and you. But go rather and uh, buy, it says, uh, or to uh, go rather and to buy from them that sell it. And, and it says to buy for yourselves. In verse 10, the Bible says, and, and while they had went to buy, the bridegroom came, and uh, uh, they were there that went in onto him, the Bible talks about, to the marriage. And the Bible says that uh, the, the door was shut. So they shut the door. You know, there's going to be a day, there will be, there will be. There, there will be a day when, uh, when, when a person that is a, a good gospel witness by the way they live or their testimony or, or the way they pass out a gospel track, hey, there will be a day when their life comes to an end. When their life comes to an end, can I tell you, because nobody picks it up and nobody does what they were doing, sometimes the door was shut in other people's lives. I went to a Bible college. When I went to Bible college, because I did what God wanted me to do, my mother had a great absence inside of her heart. Mom and I were close, and I never will forget, it was my mother that drove me down to the Greyhound bus station in Baltimore, Maryland. She drove me down to the Greyhound bus station in Baltimore, Maryland. I had $35 in my pocket. That's all I had. I didn't know that you're supposed to have a little bit of money to put down. I just knew God wanted me to go, and so I decided to obey God because he told me to go, and so I just believed he'd take care of it. So I went to the Bible college, $35 in my pocket, so I had. Mom took me down to the bus station, the Greyhound bus station, Baltimore, Maryland. I got my ticket. I took up, you know, some money, and uh, I had $35 left. And I'm sitting there, and as I'm, I'm, I, I, I didn't even think about, okay, when I get down there, I need to eat. Probably need to find a place to stay. It's probably all going to cost money. I didn't think about any of that stuff. All I knew is that that's what God wanted me to do. So I just decided to obey God and let God take it. If God called me, God take care of it. I think that is called faith. And so, so I got on that bus and I started heading down to Florida where I was attending Bible college and never will forget. And man, I, I, had, a, I, I had a hunting 
uh, I used to do a lot of hunting when I was a young man, and so I had a hunting book, and, and uh, there was several that I took with me, and I used to, I used to buy a lot of guns and, and, and stuff like that, and I was, I, I was, I was big in the hunting years ago before I went to Bible college, and so, but I sold all those guns, and uh, you know, then uh, tried to get money and, and stuff like that, and I had to pay off some bills and stuff, and, and anyway, so I'm heading down to Bible college, had some gun books with me, and so I'm looking through the gun books, and then I start thinking of mom and dad. Start thinking of my brothers. Now, can I tell you, man, it hurt. I know I was going to the right place, but boy, did it hurt. And sometimes being in the right place does hurt. Come on. Being in Texas in summertime, sometimes it hurts. But don't you thank God you can be in the right place? Come on. I was heading home and I, I met with a friend of mine that drove in from Houston last night, a businessman. And so we were sitting at the table. We've met for about three hours or so. And we're sitting in my office. And, and I, I told my wife as I was heading home, I said, You know, uh, I'm just so hungry. And uh, would you mind if I stopped by a Subway to get a Subway sandwich? And she said, No. She said, that, That's fine, Mike. That's what you want to do. And I couldn't find one. And so I got on my phone, and I said, nearest subway to me, and it said, get off of, uh, of, uh, of uh, 20, and it said, uh, you know, go down. And so I went down three and a half miles to go to subway. I really wanted subway. And so I went three and a half miles to go down, and I went in, and I, and I always, in my billfold, uh, please don't rob me, but I always uh, carry a $100 bill that is my emergency money in my billfold. It's tucked away. And I always carry it in there. And so I had that $100 bill. And that's all I had. I had nothing else except credit card. I'm not going to buy a Subway sandwich on a credit card. And so she'd already fixed it. And I looked in my billfold. I said, oh, I don't have any money. And I remembered that $100 bill. I pulled it out. I said, can you take it? She said, we don't take that in our neighborhood. I said, oh, okay. Big guy behind me massive guy tapped me on the shoulder he said uh, I'll take it <laughs> I said great you can make change he said oh yeah I make it big guy I'm talking about <clears throat> you know and he changed it out gave me 20s I said man you're a blessing you know that and you ladies did a good job I mean thank you so much I said put her there man I'm pastor Wells he said, you're a pastor? He said, that, I just helped the pastor? He said to me, I said, let, let me ask you a question. You go to church anywhere? No, I don't, I don't, I don't do that. Well, you know, maybe you ought to come. We got a good church. People are friendly there. I'll tell you what, I'd love to see you in heaven one day. You going to go to heaven when you die? He said, never thought about it. I said, I think you ought to think about it. Here's what the Bible teaches. You know, he thanked me over and over and over and over again. He said, I've never had anybody to show me that before. He said, that is amazing. Can I tell you this? Sometimes the destruction of the soul if we're not in the right place. God knew I needed to go to that subway that night. God knew it. God knew it. God knew that this man needed to hear the gospel that night. He knew it. Can I tell you? Be in the right place place. Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for the privilege to be able to be in church. 
God, I pray that you'd help us, please. Thank you for joining us today. For more audio or video content, you can visit our website at parksidebaptist.org.